Welcome to BIM Academy's Digital Climate Podcast with me, Andrew Johnson. I'm the Learn Development Lead for BIM Academy, and I've asked some learning and education experts who I admire greatly to chat with me about how we progress the integration of BIM and digital construction processes into schools and higher and further education curriculum. For some time, within the construction industry, we have discussed skills gaps. There is a clear lack of skill in the application of digital construction methodologies among young people at the start of their careers. That is why it is important to educate the benefits of digital working practices and how we apply them to projects from a young age. By introducing digital working methods and practices to our younger generation now, we'll future-proof construction for the next set of innovators and forward thinkers to create even further progressive technologies and have the ability to apply these tools. Businesses are in desperate need of workers skilled in this area, and educators need to realise they have the ability to close the skills gap. I'm Andrew Johnson, the Learn Development Lead at BIM Academy, and today I'm talking to John Messner, Charles and Enlo Matz Professor of Architectural Engineering and the Director of Computer Integrated Construction Research Programme at Penn State University. John specialises in building information management, BIM, digital twin, lean construction and automation in the construction research. Welcome, John. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and also Penn State University. Well, thank you, Andrew. It's great to be here today. Uh, As you stated, I'm a professor in the architectural engineering program at Penn State. I've been here at Penn State within the AE program for 22 years now, and I've had the opportunity to uh, to work on different research and educational initiatives related to BIM and Digital Twin. And uh, one other thing that's a real pleasure of mine is we have a close working relationship here at Penn State with our facilities group. So I also get involved in many of the different facility projects that we have here on our campus. And Penn State is a a very large university in the United States. We have 26 campuses in Penn State and I'm located in the University Park campus. Oh, that sounds fantastic. 22 years. You must have seen some huge changes, then, especially in this environment. Yeah, it's been really interesting to watch the, the adoption of BIM and other digital methods in the construction industry. I know when I started at Penn State, um, certainly there was research going on involved in the foundations of BIM. But over the last 20 years, we've really seen tremendous growth in in the adoption of BIM, and it's been fun to be part of that. Over the past decade, the construction industry has undergone a revolution in digital construction, with the example of the introduction of BIM in the whole life cycle of the design and build process. With this significant level of change for working methods, do you believe the level of change to bring new skills in industry, and has it kept the same pace? Yeah, I think the changes that have taken place in the industry have been significant. And I think the industry is really struggling to find the skills that they need to fulfill some of the roles that are becoming so critical on these projects that leverage digital technology. I think some here in the United States, some of the universities and some other programs have really been able to increase their level of BIM in the curriculum and the skill sets of the students that they put out, but it is a challenge. 
and I think an area that uh, that universities continue to struggle with how to to best integrate BIM into their curriculum. But that's also not not the only place that that we need those skill sets. Certainly, um, training for the existing employees that are that are in the industry is critical. As well as it's been very interesting to watch some of the training for uh, for some of the detailed modelers that are out there in the trade developing these detailed models that we so desperately need for these projects. So you brushed over it slightly there. So are there enough skilled workers in industry to deliver these new construction methods? I'm not sure there are enough right now. Certainly there is a very high level of demand from the, the designers and constructors to hire people with digital skills. So I think we're seeing a, a significant growth in that need. And, and I guess the, the challenge that exists is how do we fulfill that need? Certainly we can do some of it with new employees that are coming out of the university, but we also need to uh, increase the skills of people that are in the industry performing their tasks that now need to do tasks in a different way. Yeah, we, we've noticed a huge change, especially when it comes to digital skills. We're seeing a lot of um, courses, especially courses that have digital in their title, but even in construction and project management. And we're seeing there's a lot of um, like computer science being incorporated into these courses. So we know like in the lines of like automation, we're seeing that they're teaching Python and so on. Is this happening in the US as well? I think it is in certain pockets within the, the uh, educational system. Certainly, I just an example here at Penn State in our architectural engineering program, we've certainly continued to increase the level of courses and the content in those courses that are related to digital methods. So, we through the years we started integrating BIM into our curriculum way back in 2004 with some initial modeling courses but i think it's matured a lot since then into looking at how we uh, teach all of our skill sets to our students but teach them in a way that enables them to leverage the digital technologies for example in ae we have four different options of, of structural, mechanical, lighting, electrical, and construction. And we train engineers in all of those areas to go out into the building industry. And so whenever we look at, at teaching structural skills or mechanical design skills, it's, it's important that we teach those skills, leveraging the latest technologies. And so I think there's a lot of transition that has changed in our curriculum in how we teach those courses. And I think right now we're also seeing maybe a more fundamental change. And I think this is what we've seen in, in standards and adoption around the world as well, in that we're shifting now to, to more information management practices. So maybe getting to your question about teaching Python skills and things like that. You know, we have three new data management courses that we've embedded into our curriculum to help students learn how to produce data, organize that data, and leverage that data uh, throughout throughout different activities in the in the delivery life cycle. Now oh, that's really fantastic to hear. 
And we are seeing a huge shift. And I think it's that global shift, especially with the introduction of the new standards. So ISO 19650. And again, that global push. And as you said there, it definitely is um, more focused on that information management and on that whole life cycle as well. And not just generally focused on the design side, which a lot of people do see BIM and um, being the main priority. So you, meant, you mentioned just before there as well about um, different digital skills. So what stage do you introduce these digital skills? In the UK, we have generally seen them in, we call it higher and further education. So higher education is like colleges, um, so people that leave school, and then it's going into further education, so going into university um, and doing like undergraduate courses and postgraduate courses. What's it like in the US and what stage do you generally introduce these digital skills in? So I think we certainly have some similarities here in the US. We have high schools that are starting to pick up some of the more advanced BIM applications for modeling architectural buildings and so forth. But I think the core of it really starts in the university environment. Uh, and so a lot of courses now or curriculums now are, are trying to get modeling introduced in some of the first or second year of the university curriculum and hopefully building up off of that. Although it certainly differs depending on, on the different curriculum. I can speak maybe more specifically in our architectural engineering program. We, we teach our students how to use uh, different modeling tools in their second year, and then they use them throughout their five-year curriculum that we have in our, our AE program. But we also are seeing a lot more uh, postgraduate courses as well, looking at how to leverage information, both from a developing of models, as well as visualization of those models and leveraging them uh, for different types of analysis. No, that's, it's really good. And also as well, I think we, we do a lot on the educational side, but also as well, we do educate our workforce, our skilled work workers that are out there as well. And we've introduced some fantastic award winning. So we do plan B, which is for our 18 year olds that want to come into architecture. And also as well, the Department of Education have been pushing for the digital skills boot camps in the UK. So looking at people that want to transfer and move across to the construction industry. Where do you see um, the best fit to actually introduce these course curriculums during education? Do you think it's more to do with the colleges and universities? Or do you think it is in these short courses as well? Um, and we call them CPD courses, so career um, partner design courses. Yeah, I think with the need that we have in the industry, I, I think it's both. I think it's critical that our students that go to the university uh, are real leaders in these skill sets. But I also feel that it's critical that we have other educational opportunities. Uh, we have we also have uh, two year or, or technology education programs here that are adopting BIM and, and really are a key to helping to to train the future workforce. Uh, that are not at a four-year university. Uh, and we also have a lot of uh, workers that are uh, being leveraged to come back and do de detail modeling. I think one of the interesting 
things that I've seen more recently is the number of our trade contractors, our mechanical, electrical, fire protection contractors, are actually bringing some of the experienced trade workers back into the office, teaching them how to model and getting them actively engaged in this modeling and coordination process from a construction perspective, because they're the people that know how to build the building. And so they, they can make extremely effective and, and good uh, digital modelers of those buildings to be able to make sure that they're constructible. No, and it's it's and this happens as well. It definitely in the UK for myself, my background is civil engineering. I've done civil engineering for 24 years. And it wasn't until the transitioning really from the military that I decided I wanted to go into BIM. Um, so i done a master's. So I was a bit later um, into education as well and did a master's course and did my thesis on the cultural impacts of implementing BIM in the UK construction industry. And again, this really did focus on um, the barriers so these cultural barriers as well. So what barriers do you see in place which present resistance from education providers in making these changes to their course curriculums? Yeah, I think from a university perspective, one of the significant barriers is time. And the amount of time when people talk about curriculum, the amount of time you spend on different tasks. And so I think, there's a continuous discussion when looking at how to embed BIM or other digital technologies into the curriculum on a lot of people talking about what can we what can we remove from the curriculum if we add that technology. I, I personally don't think that's a, a great way to look at it. I think there are ways that we can teach the fundamentals, but still leveraging the digital technologies to do that. But I I do hear frequently from people that um, one of the key challenges is just finding the time in the curriculum to focus on some of these, these technologies. I think a second area that we have is just making sure that the faculty in the, in the different programs have the skills that they need to be able to be effective at, at teaching some of these digital approaches. And so there's a, even on the faculty side, important educational um, requirement there to to make sure that, that we can keep everyone up to speed on some of the latest technologies, uh, which is not easy when the technology is changing so quickly and, uh, and we need to continue to adapt to, to those changing technologies. No, we, we see this a lot in industry and especially I would say over the past two years, we've been doing a lot of train the trainer courses and especially looking at the colleges and further education, we've been really focusing on, and we're going to be doing a huge push definitely in 2023 on actually training the educators course. And as you said there, definitely we've seen a lot of the faculty staff that are needing to get used to using digital tools. So again, like using Slido, um, because a lot of the training we're seeing is being delivered um, in a hybrid environment, so either virtual and face-to-face. -face. And again, you've got the tools like Miro, these um, collaboration boards and so on. So it's actually using the tools to then um, enhance the training and so on. So do you use this? Do you use these type of tools um, for when you're delivering the training and also your um, facility staff? Yeah, certainly with the recent uh, 
COVID pandemic, we've had to shift a lot of things to virtual, but uh, fortunately we are back almost entirely in person right now. So a vast majority of our courses are delivered in person, but but we still leverage some of those tools like uh, Mural or Miro or, or other collaborative uh, whiteboard tools for some uh, virtual content, but a lot of our delivery of in, in our own program is is back in person, which I think is is very helpful. But but um, I think there is significant opportunity, though, um, as we look at the extensive amount of education that needs to go on to leverage these technologies in in distributed learning environments and really leveraging virtual training activities. So we we just haven't. Um, been delivering a lot of our architectural engineering content uh, virtually here at the university, although we certainly do have a large world campus and has a lot of courses for learning different uh, digital tools for the built environment. Yeah, we've we've seen a huge shift as well. And it was, it's, again, it's since the COVID pandemic as well, we've just come out on, um, which is really give a push on that virtual training we're doing and also as well what it does break is that geolocation so we're actually doing a lot of training outside the UK and um, a lot to do with the universities in India and again they're using the tools so we've done the train the train train the trainer train, train the educated courses and so on so they can actually then use the tools but also as well we have that engagement which is really good as well with um different um countries um, different nations um, and also as well just working in general on a day-to-day basis and um, we do a lot so just going to come to the last question now so what would you like to see happen next where do you think this big drive is going to be when it comes to education in the future yeah I think there are a couple of really exciting areas right now one that we're looking at is looking at the automation process whether it's automation tasks within the design with parametric design tools or automation tasks within construction. And so we've started to uh, embed some courses focused on, on construction automation and robotics and really looking at how we can leverage some of the data that's being created in these models to help um, alleviate some of our challenges in the field with with the field workforce, which is another really significant challenge that we have here in the U.S., as I know is also a challenge at, at a lot of other places. But looking at how we can complete this digital life cycle in the delivery phase by getting this information out into the field and hopefully leveraging more automation to be able to put work in place. No, we share the same there. I'm really excited on the automation side um, and also on the artificial intelligence side because I think they're going to come both together. And we're doing a lot with um, knowledge management, um, so a lot in the company, but also as well on the process, on that BIM process as well. So I just think in the next decade, it's going to be a huge shift. I think it'll become normal that people will be using AI and automation on a day-to-day basis for most of these tasks, if it's personal tasks, but also as well um, to do with their day-to-day jobs as well. Well, John, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you today and thank you very much for your time. 
but I really appreciated our chat. So thank you very much for um, attending today and actually giving the time to talk to me. Well, thank you very much, Andrew. I really enjoyed our talk.